You are listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White. And today's episode is called Five Steps to Having Engaging Icebreaker Conversations. This is a really interesting topic and an important topic. And the reason I decided to do this is because I've talked to a lot of coaches who are starting their businesses. I'm doing a lot of training with these guys and they often think that the icebreaker conversation is their elevator pitch. They're thinking that they need to go into a room of people, find somebody and find a way to quickly get their elevator pitch across as soon as possible. And that's pretty much the opposite of what you need to do. So consider that when you start a business, one of the first things that you need to do is master talking to people about what you do at the right time. And I totally get why people think that they have to rush in with the elevator pitch or to find clients or to make a sale because if you're like most people, you don't really know what to do or how to start conversations in networking events or you get nervous or flustered. Maybe you mix your words up, you freeze up, you end up stumbling or maybe you're just not sure what to say. So you stand there silently watching and wishing that you could say something that's smart or witty or relevant. Does that sound familiar? Well, the truth is if you're new to business and to networking, it can feel a little bit or downright uncomfortable to go to networking events and start conversations. And that's why I wanted to walk you through a five-step process that you can use to help you to break the ice in all sorts of situations, whether they be social situations or business networking situations. And really, I suppose the goal of this process is for you to feel more comfortable and more confident when you're going to an event, when you're talking to people, when you're making new connections and you're wanting to start generating business. And if you're listening to this and you're a coach right now, then this whole process is going to be a lot easier than you might have thought. So let's start at the beginning with step one and there are actually four parts to step one. You might like to take some notes while I'm working through these steps. Excuse me. And step one has four parts, and then we'll cover the other four steps to follow. So, step one is preparing for the conversation. And your primary goal with this step is to feel prepared and confident before you go into an event. So, feeling prepared and confident, ready to go before the event's even happened. And that is if you're going to an event to meet prospective clients or potential business partners, it can help you if you're feeling mentally prepared. And to feel prepared, it means that you have a sense of confidence about actually attending the event and about what you're going to do when you get there. So it's really going to affect how you show up. If you're prepared, you're more likely feel like you know what you're doing there. You'll feel comfortable about your place, who's who and what sorts of conversations you might be having. And it's going to make it easier to have those conversations and to break the ice in the first place. So in this step one, preparing for that conversation within an event, there are four things that I'm going to cover off in more detail in a tick. And they are, number one, research the event or audience before you go. Number two, review relevant industry news, latest studies or current affairs. Number three, prepare some simple sound bites about you and what you do. And number four, establish some goals and a plan for the event. 
So let's look at each of those four mini steps within step one. The first part of preparing is doing research into the event or audience. And this is just to get you some ideas about conversations you could be having. It's really easy, super easy to go online for 30 minutes and learn about perhaps the history of the event or who the keynote speaker is and where they come from, who they work for, what their company does, or a little bit about the group that's organising the event. Discover what they stand for, their mission, and why the event's taking place. And if possible, if it's available, check out the attendees list so that you can figure out who you might like to talk to. And you can do a little bit of online stalking of them too. You can research their background, their role, companies, interests, and work ethics, anything that they've had published or anything that they've spoken about in public. So having that background on the event, the organisers or the audience, is one way that you can feel prepared and to generate some ideas for conversation. So micro point number two for feeling prepared is to read the news. And if you're abreast of current affairs, latest research papers in your industry or things that are related to your target market's interests, then you're going to find plenty of conversation starters there. Here are two ideas that have come up for me this week. Firstly, I saw that Apple is releasing a new iPhone on the 10th of September this year, 2019. So for me, that would be something that could start a conversation about how people use technology, the stress or anxiety associated with technology, how much exposure to blue light we get, therefore pushing up our cortisol, and monitoring apps on phones. Any of those could be part of the conversation that follows opening up about an iPhone or the headline in the news. The other thing that I saw this week was a Booper ad on TV. Now, Booper is a health insurance company in Australia, and they've got some really interesting ads talking about self-care for mothers. And this could be a really great conversation started to have with a potential client. What they thought of the ad, did they get it right? Did they truly represent what mothers are feeling and going through? So there are many ways that you can turn the latest news or research into a conversation started just like that. The third way that you can feel prepared is to get some sound bites ready about you. Because your goal is actually to talk about other people and ask them about them through the whole event. But invariably, at some point, eventually somebody's going to want to know who you are, why you're there, and what you do. They're going to turn the questions back onto you. So having some responses planned and practiced will help you to navigate that part of the conversation really smoothly and to speak with confidence. If you've done your research initially, you will have your own answer to the why are you here question or what are you hoping to get from this. You will have planned that out. And maybe for you, it's about professional development and business networking to find like-minded allies. Maybe you want to stay on top of industry trends. Maybe you want to learn from industry experts or to find out who else is servicing your niche and whether there are any opportunities for working together. So these are all responses that you could put forward that could start a conversation about you and your business. And when it comes down to what you do, it's important to have a really practiced, natural, authentic elevator pitch. Just a short one that sounds aspirational, but humble and a bit like a vision. So something like, I'm really passionate about helping women feel 
confident in their own skins, to get their body confidence back. And if you have a really short statement like that, people who are interested and potentially can see an opportunity to do something with you are going to ask for more. If they don't ask anything else, they're not interested. But if they do, then you would have a longer elevator pitch prepared as well that would explain your mission and perhaps the benefits and outcomes of what you do. You use a proven science-based method, for example, or your method is based in coaching psychology and it helps those people to do X, Y, and Z. That would be your type of longer pitch that goes into a little bit more detail and perhaps the typical results. You could present a case study of one of your clients as part of your, or as your, the main part of your elevator pitch, the longer one. And then the last part of being prepared for an icebreaker for an event is to establish some goals. And this really came home for me one day. I was talking to a student coach who was doing my Passion to Profit course and preparing for her first business networking event, which was a lunch. Now, she had no idea of what she was going to do when she got there, what to say, who to talk to, or anything. So I asked her to set some specific goals for that event so that she felt like she had a really clear agenda and a specific purpose and focus. I can't remember exactly what her goals were, but there was something like this. And assuming that she didn't really know who would be there, her first goal was to set a target number of people to talk to in the room, which I think was five initially. So for her to talk to five people and have that as an outcome was a big deal for her. It was a mark that she had gained enough confidence to put herself out there. The next goal was to find common ground and aligned values with three local businesses who serviced her niche. So she was really trying to find three businesses that felt like a good fit as part of those conversations she was having. And one of the last goals was to learn from two experts about a specific topic that she was interested in around her niche. So she knew that there would be people in the community who are way more experienced and had been around longer than her. And her goal was to learn from two people about her industry. So as you can see, these are really simple goals that they and they focus on just quality connection, nothing else. They evoke curiosity rather than fear. Those sorts of goals are really important to have. If you go in there with a sales mindset or I'm going to sell X programs or I'm going to get X number of leads, it's going to come across as pushy and create the wrong energy. It's like rushing into marriage on the first date. So if you want to enter an event feeling confident and clear on how you're going to spend your time, you're going to be looking at quality connection goals. So you could set goals like that or something different. It's totally up to you. But the idea would be to write those goals down. Write down some questions you could ask based on your research, the topics of interest. Write down the feelings that you'd like to have while you're there, how confident you'd like to feel, and those, those goals. One thing's for sure. When you set some goals and make a plan for an event, it's going to give you a sense of relief, a boost in confidence, and you'll feel motivated about attending and achieving those goals. So that's the four parts of step number one. Did you get all that? It's all about preparing and feeling ready. And even if you don't use any of that information, it's still going to help you feel prepared and ready and confident, which is important. 
So step number two is setting up the conversation. Now, this is when you're arriving at the event, getting ready to start networking. And your primary goal with this step is to show up authentically and to have it all about the other person. Now, no matter how good you are at networking, it can still be difficult to start a conversation and it can still end up that you end up talking about yourself rather than the other person. But the goal of a conversation in a networking event should always be to get to know another person and to build rapport by asking them about about them. Especially if you're meeting someone for the first time, you want that person to engage with you, to like you, and to have a connection and chemistry that's valued by both of you. But we often approach the conversation the wrong way. Think about any networking event you've been to, and I bet you are thinking things like, are they going to like me? Will they be able to connect me with clients? Will I get a client tonight? Could they give me leads? Will anyone notice how nervous I am? What am I supposed to say? How will I get my message across without being too salesy? What questions should I ask? How much should I ask them about their business? So when you hear any of those, notice that the thing they all have in common, those thoughts and questions, the common theme was that they're all about you. So you need to flip that. The way to engage people and to build trust and rapport is to make the conversation all about them. In other words, bring your coaching skills to the fore. Stephen Covey said it best. He said, seek first to understand. He recognised in his books, How to Win Friends and Influence People, that people love talking about themselves. So your job in a networking event is simply to ask people questions that will get them talking about themselves. And when you shift the focus to the other person with the idea that you have something to learn about them and you have curiosity, then it takes away the focus from your nerves and your needs. Switching the focus to the other person as you're walking through the door and what you can learn from them raises your curiosity. It boosts your sense of gratitude. It emanates warmth and it gives you a sense of empathy that come out in your communications. So when you're in that room and preparing to have conversations, just notice that your default position, that your brain might take you into fear and uncertainty, and you'll need to just refocus your thoughts for a moment. Think about all the preparation you've done and your plan and focus on why you are here and what your goals are. Remember that you'll feel less anxious and more relaxed as the conversations open up. It's just getting started that's a little bit challenging. And also, if you feel awkward at any time, your fallback position is to ask a question. So the other person will end up speaking and you get some time to think about what to do next. So that's step number two, setting up the conversation. And it's really about getting into the right mindset to make it all about the other person. Then you're ready for step three, which is breaking the ice. And your primary goal with this step is to break the ice, to connect and engage confidently, authentically, and with curiosity. So what do you say and how do you break the ice? Well, if you think back to the research you did about the news and the background of the event and all those sorts of things, your own pitch and your goals, then you're ready to go and you should have a few topic ideas to get started. But just in case you're stuck, here are some examples. Let's say you're at a business networking event, just a general event, and you want to meet other businesses who also service your clients. 
some icebreaker questions that you could use could be something like, what's been your best experience as being part of this group? Or I'm curious, what inspired you to start your business in this particular niche? Or what do your clients love most about working with your business? Notice that these are all vision style, big picture questions that invite a positive and expansive discussion. But what's, what about if you're at an expo, a health and fitness expo, let's say, and you wanted to meet clients there as you're strolling around the booths and displays? You could approach somebody who's at a booth looking at merchandise or waiting for a speaking event to start with a question like, hey, I notice you're checking out those cool fitness tights. What sport do you play? Or perhaps, I always feel so inspired at these events. What are you here for today? Or this speaker's so amazing. I love her. What do you think of her? And have you seen her before? All you need to do is find someone to talk to, ask a thought-provoking question, and listen carefully while the other person speaks. Then reflect back so that you're demonstrating you've heard and to show that you're listening. And then you ask related follow-on questions that go where the other person is taking the conversation. Let them lead it. You're just following them and backing up with reflections and follow-on questions. And if you start this way, you will break the ice, which, after all, is your primary goal. Now consider how you might be able to see or measure that the ice has been broken. Certainly, body language and tone of voice will tell you that there's an authentic connection. They will give you the feeling of connection or not. When the ice has been broken, the person you're talking to will have relaxed body language. Their shoulders will relax and lower, perhaps. Their arms and legs will be open rather than crossed or neutral. Their pupils may be dilated. They may, may start to gesticulate with their hands. So there will be physical changes and also in their voice, you might hear the cadence change. Their voice might slow down as they relax or speed up if they get fired up about a topic. In any case, know that these are signs that you've broken the ice and that the person is ready to dig deeper into the conversation with you. On the other hand, if you don't see these signs, it's totally okay. Not everybody has chemistry. You can end the conversation politely, thanks for your time, and just move on, perhaps swapping cards if you think there's a potential future of some sort with that person. And then that leads to step four. You can see that there could be a yes or no, stop or go kind of point there. So either you just move on and go back to step one, or you go to step four, which is building the conversation. And in this step, your primary goal is to build the other person's confidence and trust in you. If you sense that there's a connection with someone, then you'll want to build that conversation and take it deeper to achieve that growth in their confidence in you and their trust in you. And to do that, you can ask more probing questions around the initial conversation or perhaps some bigger picture, broader questions. In other words, keep using your coaching skills. Ask for their opinions and insights. And if you've done your research and preparation, then you'll have great background ideas and insights and information on the event and perhaps some questions to further the conversation. And at some point, that person will ask you about yourself. So having that brief spiel about you, your business and your simple elevator pitch is a good idea. And at the end of that conversation, when it's reached its natural conclusion, you can decide where to go from there. 
Swapping business cards is a good start. And if you think there's a synergy that you'd like to pursue, I would actually be very specific and ask them to a coffee date or a follow-up phone call and be really clear. Ask about their availability for, say, a 30-minute chat in the next week. Be that specific. Make it happen. Your self-confidence here will build the other person's confidence and trust in you, and that's exactly what you want to start a really strong relationship. After the event, you might like to grab those cards that you've collected and write some notes about each person that you spoke to with the key points of interest so that when you do follow up with them, if you choose to, you're really clear in remembering the main points. And that will also build trust and rapport. Which leads us to step five, following up. Your primary goal with this step is to demonstrate your accountability and your professionalism. So most people collect cards and then throw them in a pile and never do anything with them. But how will you stand out if you follow up? And especially in a way that adds value. People are going to see you as somebody who's really accountable, responsible and professional. And they'll want to have more to do with you. And here are some ways you can do that. If it's just been a general card exchange with no appointment set, you could send that person a relevant news article, a link that they might find interesting based on the conversation you had with them. Or perhaps you ask if they're going to the next networking event and would they like to meet beforehand for a drink. If you discussed a coffee date or a phone meeting at the time, then you would contact them the day before the arranged time to confirm the appointment. You could do that by text or email. Or you could make a quick phone call. In either case, when you follow up proactively and with self-confidence, the other person will be impressed with your accountability and it will build their confidence in you, furthering the chance of having a successful networking referral relationship. And having that sense of confidence and trust from other people is a really important outcome in any networking connection. So before we finish, I'll just recap those five steps. Prepare for the specific event with some industry topics, some news, your own spiel and some goals so that you feel confident and ready for the event. When you get there, set yourself up so that you can be authentic and ready to have a coaching style conversation that's all about them. Number three, break the ice with open-ended questions and connect with confidence and curiosity. Number four, build the conversation with probing and broad questions if there is that chemistry and you will build the other person's trust and confidence. And finally, follow up promptly by adding value or to confirm the appointment and that shows your accountability and professionalism. So that's it for having effective icebreaker conversations that engage and connect. If you'd like help with this or with any other thing to do with business skills or confidence, visit melaniejwhite.com forward slash habitology and learn more about my monthly membership. Thanks everyone for listening and I'll see you again next time. Bye for now. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.